Today is going to be a shorter episode, but it's one I feel so excited and honored to share. Some quick backstory, I've been a filmmaker to some degree for most of my life. When I was young, smartphones had just started getting popular, and my dad owned some early Android model. It had a camera on it, of course, and I always thought, like, the ability to make videos and rewatch things you had made or moments you'd lived was simply the most magical thing in existence. I wanted to film literally everything. On the first episode of this podcast, I talked about how Vine had taken the internet by storm. And it's funny because I think while most people were obsessed with watching Vines, I was obsessed with making them. It's weird to admit, but some of my most excited moments in childhood were when my dad would just let me roam free with his phone for like 20 minutes and make whatever I wanted. Anyway, skipping ahead to today, I feel like it's been a thing in my life for me to constantly meet people who have written a film script that they just never plan on turning into a film. This always felt like a great honor to me because the person who wrote the script is always thinking this story will die as a script because how could they possibly make a film out of it? It's completely out of reach. And I, as a filmmaker, knowing what it actually takes to make a film, always look at their script and think, why not? Why not make it into a film? Like, why not do it? And this is the story of how I met my friend, Therese. Things would happen to me while I was at work or I would have ideas about things that kind of could be kind of kooky and related to what happened. And I just would like, I would be like wiping tables and thinking like, and then they, and then the woman comes in with her dog and the dog is really ugly and her name is Chi Chi. And that would be crazy. <laughs> what Therese is talking about here is the process of how she wrote this film script, this first film script that she didn't even plan on making into a film. The film was called Meat Sauce, and it's the story of a girl who is in a weird relationship and weird things are happening to her in her life. And it's just all very strange, but she's going with the flow and trying to figure things out. And then I like think about like everything that, that I, like the entire scene as it plays out like over and over and over again. And then I would like greet a customer and then I would go over and over and over again. And then I would go down, go home and write it all down. And I guess I just don't understand why. Like, isn't that, isn't that? We all have that one friend who every time you meet with them, or that whenever they text you, they have some like crazy story that you just feel like there's a point where they must be lying because it, it, there's no way that this is a real story or, or, or whatever. But it is, it's always real. It's just like one of those people. But then you realize like, if I'm paying attention, like that shit happens to me all the time. Like that woman named Chi Chi actually came in and she actually called my coworker a handsome thing. And she actually had a really ugly dog. Okay, just for your own enjoyment, let me walk you through some of the strange events in the film that actually happened. The girl's boyfriend whispers sweet nothings to the girl in bed. They talk about marriage and ultimately ignore each other. It actually happened. A woman named Chi Chi with an ugly dog who called her coworker a handsome thing. It actually happened. The girl's boyfriend drives three hours north, goes to a party, cheats on her, and breaks up with her. It actually happened. A new boy comes up to the girl at a skate park and compliments her shoes. The girl replies, ditto. The guy pulls up his shirt, revealing a tattoo that says, ditto. 
it actually happened. The girl plots revenge on her ex-boyfriend. She shows up at his house and dumps an entire bag of old meat sauce and trash all over his head. It actually happened. The girl wanders under a bridge, spray paints her ex's initials to a piece of plywood, and throws eggs at it. It actually happened. Obviously, none of these situations are particularly mind-boggling, except for maybe the tattoo story that was really weird. But they're just, like, kind of strange, you know? It's like, why do these things keep happening? If you just give in to the weirdness of life, which I really was doing a lot during that period of time, like, there wasn't any security in my life at all at that time. And I think that always breeds a, a lot of acceptance. One could say a lot of weird things were happening to me at that time, but also I was so bereft and outside of myself, like emotionally <laughs> and like nothing in my life really made any sense at that point. So I just accepted everything as it was and, and was paying attention to everything because there was nothing else for me to do. And a lot of these things weren't happening to me in the moment and I was thinking, God, this would be such a good movie. But I was thinking like, this is so weird. This is so like, just so weird. I, I felt like I, I had to write it down so it was never forgotten. It's like journaling, except for some reason I chose to write it in a script format. We're starting to dig up the point I'm trying to make today, which is that lately I feel like I've noticed such an undeniable correlation between my own happiness and my ability to keep an artist's outlook on the world. To just have this mindset that so much is going on in the universe at microscopic or macroscopic scales and absolutely everything, no matter what someone says, everything is worthy of detailed scrutiny. Everything is worthy of story and discovery. This for me is where science and art intersect. Therese is one of those people who just does such a beautiful job of not only observing those things regularly, but translating them into her art in a way that just kind of tickles your brain a bit. I wanted to share some more of her stories though, so you can see what I mean. Number one, the lady with the sprinkle shirt. There was a... There was a scene that I wrote for Meat Sauce one that was like um, about this other woman who came in and started. She had like blue hair and she had like sprinkles, like candy sprinkles on her shirt. And she smelled really weird. And she like held my hand after I gave her her drink and like started telling me like the tragedy of her life. And I really didn't know what to do, but I thought it was important that I was listening to her. I don't think that she was entirely crazy. I think she really just needed someone to listen to her. So I did. But I, I almost wrote a scene about that. And then I, well, I did write one and then I took it out. Number two, you're doing it wrong. The woman I was sitting next to on the plane going to Spain, which I'm so embarrassed to say, I really know of very limited amount of Spanish and I had such a hard time communicating obviously when I was in Spain but the woman sitting next to me on the plane to Spain only spoke mostly Spanish and her bracelet came off this like knitted bracelet came off and it dropped in the ground and she picked it up and she was I, I she was like struggling with it and she told me to put it on her 
which I thought was like sweet and intimate and I love when people do that like you know like like she wouldn't have I don't think a lot of people would do ask a stranger that but while I was putting it on her she was telling me that I was doing it wrong like it was just really funny to me like that she was critiquing the way I was putting this bracelet on her and she like tried doing it herself and then I was like okay, I see what you want me to do and, like, put it back on her. But I just I just thought that was hilarious that, one, she asked me to put this bracelet on her and I didn't know her. And that also she was telling me I was doing it wrong because I didn't know that there was a, a wrong way to do it. I just think that's hilarious and so sweet. Um, I don't think that that's at the same level as the sprinkles lady, but... Number three, someone else's story. A lot of my work is based off of the stories of this nature that other people tell me and it's like the richest thing in the world like my friend the friend who i was with this morning he recently transitioned and has been presenting very obviously more as a as a boy and um visited his grandparents who are senile like very like like losing memory and are unable to walk but still present for the most part and they said they were genuinely concerned that they had had a grandson that they didn't remember and then once it was explained to them like what the situation was they said in their like native language like that you look very handsome and the girls from the philippines would be all over him and then the grandmother chimed in and was like Oh, and here too. Like, people would be all over you here. And then they just continued on with the conversation. And I told, I didn't really tell the, st- the story very well, but it's not even, like, the acceptance that's heartwarming. But the decision for them to tell him that he's so handsome and that he's so su- sweet to them. And then for them to just, like, move on and, and say this other thing that they felt like was more important about to talk about. It's just so precious, so momentous but that's not my story it's that's that's a weird thing too is like digesting something like that that's so personal and feeling kind of a weird shame and being like I can't share I can't share that that's not my story so there is always like a line of of what affects you in this world and like what's just something to be yours and what's like something to be someone else's and and to share that between the two of you I want to end the segment with this It's a story I call car battery moments. For years prior to dedicating myself to filmmaking and video production, I identified as a photographer. I took a camera with me everywhere and was obsessed with the small moments that filled time and space around me. Although the truth is I never amounted to much as a photographer career-wise, it undoubtedly changed me and the way I see the world. Still, I began to see life stories, and aha moments everywhere I looked. I used to be obsessed with what would happen on sidewalks. There was never any shortage of unusual, photographable situations. A man riding a bike while simultaneously playing a guitar on the side of a busy road where no one can hear a thing. A woman dressed down in dirty leopard print sitting in a shopping cart pushed by her exhausted boyfriend. Another girl sitting on the front of her boyfriend's bike reclined against his chest arms and hair trailing in the wind, a shirtless man pushing a tire for what seemed like miles down the sidewalk, 
Unfortunately, I wasn't able to make photographs out of any of these situations since I spotted most of them while I was driving. But despite this, they live in my head rent-free 24-7. In each situation, I was speechless and simply imagined myself how wonderful it would have been to document it. And that's why I now call these situations car battery moments, which will make sense in a second. A few weeks back, I bought tickets to a movie I was excited to see, Oppenheimer. I wanted to go see it by myself for a second time, which I was just really excited about. A couple hours before the screening, I remembered my car battery was dead. It had given out just a few days prior. I weighed my options. The closest auto parts store wasn't far. I could call an Uber, but the problem with Ubers at my condominium is that Every GPS locates people to the wrong entrance. It's always a mess trying to sort out directions. In retrospect, on a hot Florida afternoon with a heat index of at least 100 degrees, I should have just called an Uber and walked over to the other side, but the whole thing seemed like a pain. So anxious to get to the film on time, I grabbed my longboard and skated my way down to the shop. Making it there was a breeze. I only had to cross one busy road and the rest were smooth neighborhood streets. I told the clerk I was picking up an order and he hoisted the new car battery onto the counter. Crap, I completely forgot. Car batteries are heavy as hell. Indeed it was, 50 pounds at least, and because it didn't have a handle, I had no choice but to hold onto it with two hands, leaving me with an entire longboard to account for. Some of you might see an obvious solution. Just hold the battery and ride the longboard. Trust me, I tried it every which way. Riding wasn't happening. So I plopped the battery down on the longboard and pushed it, trying my best to keep it from literally veering off the sidewalk into moving traffic. And then I started to think of that guy I saw on the sidewalk not long ago, pushing his tire shirtless. We were kind of sharing this moment in that way. And I thought to myself, I wonder if there's any photographers or filmmakers or just generally creative people who are looking at me right now, hunched over, pushing this battery on a longboard, who wish they could document my experience and share it with people. And then I was just thinking to myself, man, this whole story, this whole situation would make such a great short film. You have like the ticking time bomb of trying to make it to the movie on time and the mess of decisions I have to make to try and get this thing back to my house. It's all almost comical. And I think an older version of Caleb would look at this situation and just be really frustrated and annoyed. But I feel like at this point, I know better. Instead, honestly, I was just kind of smiling and laughing to myself at how silly the whole thing was. And again, just how great it was to be able to look at the situation with some kind of creative output, like how it could make an amazing story. You're in it, so why stress over it? This is the takeaway for me of this whole thing. You know, there are average things in our life that happen. There are incredible things that happen. Are really unfortunate things that happen, but they happen because that's life. And that's not to say you're going to be emotionally invincible and unscathed by absolutely everything. But if you just can try and develop that ability to step back from these situations that are happening to you and appreciate them for their potential weirdness or intrigue 
or tragedy and you can channel that into some kind of creative output like there's something that could come out of this even if it's just maybe a 10 minute podcast you know why not this is something i wrote about on my instagram story a while back something a lot of people received really well something therese replied to and said she felt like she had this as a trait for so long i'll read it to you just let yourself find connections and patterns and dots worth connecting in everything even if it doesn't make sense initially just keep having realizations they don't need to go anywhere it's for you make an encyclopedia for yourself of your own observations of the world as crazy or incoherent initially they could turn out to be absolutely brilliant with some time and intuition This short and somewhat idiotic little episode was produced by me, Caleb Duplain. Music thanks to Harry Edvino, El Flaco Collective, as well as Anders Schill Paulson. Therese is one of my favorite people and artists, and if you want to keep up with her on Instagram, her handle is at Tevchi, that's T-E-V-C-I-I, also in the show's description. I talk a lot about social media and time management on here, but one cure for overconsumption for me has always been getting back to creativity, and this little mini-story felt appropriate. Thanks for being here, and for listening. <laughs> <laughs>